When you move to a new country, you need to set up a new life in that new country, with a new home, a new local environment, and a new set of friends. Setting up a whole new life in a whole new place, in a whole new culture, can be quite a challenge. Before I finally landed in Odense and Denmark, I have lived in a total of six countries. Every time I moved to a new place, I needed to reinvent myself because everything I built up in my last place was gone. So every time I moved, I needed to activate all my energies to get my new life up and running. And when I moved to a new place as an accompanying spouse, I was pretty much alone with the task of setting up my new life. That could be quite lonely and frustrating at times. This is why I'm so amazed by the project in today's episode. Some years ago, Susan came to me and told me about the international community in Odense. And she was interested in garden and we quickly uh, find a good communication and started the international garden. Here we can use a piece of land and uh, whatever we like, we can grow it here and meet with the international community, spend some time, know each other. This year we have eight families, but we've been, so it's between eight and ten. I think the sense of belonging uh, was an important part for me for, for this project. This is the Expat Life in Oz podcast series. My name is Justi Ovland, and in today's episode, you will meet Susan Urbanus, Abigail Martin, Thomas Höydale, Anneke Jarl, Julia Fink, and international families in the International Garden in Odense. Susan Urbanus, you are the person who got the idea to start up the International Garden in Odense, Denmark, while you were living here a few years ago. Could you talk a little bit about your background and how you got this idea to start up the International Garden in Odense? If you ask me about the history uh, behind the, how the International Garden Project actually started up, maybe the easiest way would be to tell you how I started my speech in Odense City Hall in 2018 when I was nominated for the Odense Sustainability Award, Odense Bertuktihilspris. And... Um, I actually held my speech in Danish and I was rather happy about it. Uh, but uh, here's a kind of rough translation in English. A recipe for a sustainable green and social project. Get hold of a biologist and move her to Odense. For instance, because her husband got a new job at the uni- university there. Add a bit of green in the form of Hewa to Mewa Odense. So she can do some volunteer work in Skolehevenen with Danish school children while she actually learns the Danish language. Mix with some education in the form of Mea Liu Iheun Ambassador Project, so more life in the garden from Landsforening Praktisch Ökologie. Spice it up with some financial help and the infrastructures from International Community Odense and SEU International Club. Check the taste with the help from Owens International School and Expat Parents Group. And for the final touch, add a bit of financial support from the PUPL Solidarity and Cultural Fund. And then serve a great green product that gives international families with children a place in Owens where they can grow their social network while they grow vegetables and flowers. Or prepare food together and eat together in the outdoor kitchen a place where they can learn something about nature and the seasons while they are, are having fun. That's, in short, 
the background of the project. I was a biologist looking for opportunities, uh, either paid or volunteer work. And I looked at lots of different things and I was um, stimulated by the work in Denmark spouse uh, program to think about what could you do? What are you good at? What are your interests? So I looked around a lot uh, and I got into contact with Thomas Heudel from Skolehevenvelen, uh, who I actually asked in the beginning, like, well, would you like me to help you get more international uh, children to this uh, school garden? Because it's a school garden for the schools, but also in the, the weekends, other people come and uh, do some gardening there. And uh, in the beginning, he said, no, no, I don't need extra people <laughs> in the garden. <laughs> But he did allow me to become a volunteer uh, and uh, see how he actually uh, held classes, if we can call them classes, in this outdoor kitchen and in the gardens in Skolehevenveen. And I also had a little plot there for myself to grow some vegetables, which I was very happy with because I was living in an apartment and my greatest wish as a biologist is always having a garden. Mm. Um and in the meantime, uh, uh, a new friend, Susan uh, Dam Andersen, uh, advised me to try to join the Mia Liwi Heyen Ambassador Project, which was like a sponsored project to create more ambassadors in the whole of Denmark uh, to try to stimulate people to use their gardens more, appreciate their gardens more, and get more biodiversity in their gardens and of course also to not use any pesticides and so on. And I thought it was a real big challenge to be a part of this ambassador project, but a good way to learn more about Denmark and a very good way to learn Danish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, luckily some people also were willing to speak with me in English, but in the meantime uh, I was also learning Danish quite quickly. Because apparently for Dutch people, learning Danish is uh, kind of easy if you have a Dutch, English and German background. And uh, yeah, Thomas from Skolehevenen at one point said, well, I think if you want, you could do a project in the garden. And uh, then I started discussing with my other ambassadors during all these course days that we had, like, how could I set this up? What could be the name? What could be the logo? Um, what would be a good way to, to get people, international people in this case, to the garden? And I really tried to make an advantage of my disadvantage, meaning I didn't speak Danish that well and I was a foreigner. But what about all the other foreigners uh, in Odense? And there was already this great program from work in Denmark for spouses and international community owners uh, uh, had a lot of activities. And also the university with the international club had a lot of activities, but none of them were something like doing outdoor gardening uh, or having outdoor experiences. So I really targeted uh, my activities to be something additional, uh, additional to what was already there in Skolehevenen and due to all my connections with international community owners and the international club from SDU um, 
I got into contact with Owen's International School and Expat Parents Group and uh, tried to discover if there was a need for something and what then would be the right format. And in the end, we decided that uh, what would be nice would be from spring until autumn to have Saturday gardening. So every two weeks uh, coming together and working on your own plot with families with young children. And the, the initial idea was actually that the children would be doing a lot of the gardening. <laughs> but the parents were also very enthusiastic. Yeah. Sometimes overly enthusiastic. <laughs> so sometimes the vegetables disappeared as weeds <laughs> from the plot. <laughs> uh, and I could see that it was really working, that uh, people coming together from different parts of Owense, from either from the international school or people that were expat or scientists that were only temporarily in Owense, that uh, together with their children, they were creating a new community for themselves. And the kids were having fun with the other kids and the parents were having fun with the other parents. So nice. <laughs> yeah. From you started to think about the garden until it was really there. How long time did it take for you to build it up? Uh, I think I spent 2015 doing volunteer work and uh, learning Danish and becoming uh, this Mia Liwi Heu ambassador. And then in spring 2016, uh, we started up. So I did it two full years. Uh, and then uh, I had to leave for my new job in the Netherlands in 2018. <laughs> I think it was the, the best farewell uh, party that I could have had, that uh, I was nominated for this sustainability award from Owense Kommune. Yeah. Uh, and I got to present the project in Owense City Hall and uh, together with two other nominated projects. And I didn't win, unfortunately, but a friend of mine did win. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, but that's amazing. I think you came, uh, and everything is just from from you started out, and you ended up with getting a this nomination, and it's really big, and it's still alive. You know, the project. Yeah, I'm very happy to hear that it's yeah. still alive. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, Abigail has the same kind of fun that I had with the project. Yeah, I visited the garden in June. It was really nice. It was great. People are having plots making vegetables. So we have carrots, this row, yeah. uh, onions, and then on this side we have planted some pumpkins, last time we met. Yeah. So these, these ones are the pumpkins, and we plant them about quite far apart, so for a metre, metre fifty apart, because they grow very large. These are Halloween pumpkins. You have to replant them every year. Mm. And we have uh, Thomas from the school garden. He uh, starts them in the greenhouse for us. And when is a good time to start in the garden? It usually starts up um, either just before Easter or after Easter. So around the start of April, mid-April sometimes. The project is actually actually sponsored by the university and the international community. Also. And they advertise, if we need um, more families, they advertise. And us. how many families do you have? This year we have eight families, but we've been, so it's between eight and ten. Usually. Yeah. Plots. Are they, so that you or can be full or because there's 
on there's so much land. Or? Yeah, yeah. So also because it, if you have more than ten families, it's quite difficult to explain. You know, it gets the logistics gets a bit yeah. more difficult. So you are helping everybody with their plants. Yeah, and growing. Yeah. And, yeah, but this year we have a lot of season or um, families that have um, participated the years before, so they know what they're doing. We only have one new family here. So usually in uh, yeah, January I write to the old Saturday gardeners and ask if they want to continue and then they can say yes or no and then we can look for new families. Yeah. And then they write to you. If, yeah. if people are coming in you then yeah, yeah. they could just write to yeah. you and then you can see if there's yeah. a space. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the fenugreenic uh, the plants which is used in Indian uh, salads, uh, which is more uh, rich in uh, protein and uh, this kind of things, uh, widely used for salads. This one, and this is a coriander. Yeah, uh, yeah everybody knows about this coriander. Yes. <laughs> and the next line is a carrot. Yeah, some, some area it's not still coming, the carrots. And one more line of carrot here, this one. And uh, the red uh, leaf is a beetroot. So how, when, is, when will the carrots be done? Does it carrots, take it will take another one, one and a half month. Months, yeah. yeah. When the leaves um, turn into yellow, uh, getting falling down, then the... Okay, then you then know the, it's done. Yeah, then it's when done. It's yellow and falling. Yeah. This, uh, I don't know what it is called. Um, radish. Radish, yeah. Radish. The radish. Yeah. But this is actually already done. We should yeah, harvest now. You can see here. Yeah. Nicely came now this time. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. oh, they are big. Right? They are big, yeah. Wow. yeah. <laughs> Generally, when it is this much, we should harvest it. Okay. Then it is very tasty. Okay, so now it's just bigger. <laughs> now, now it's bigger. <laughs> and again, two more lines of fenugreek. And this, you know, this is called the dill. Dill, yes. Yeah. Good aroma. I love that. Yeah, yeah, this also used in salad and uh, also with the meat is very nice. <laughs> so when, with the dill, because I tried at home and then it became really long and then it came some yellow flowers and I was wondering if it's too late. <laughs> yeah, uh, before the yellow flower you chop off the topper, uh, the top shoots. Yeah. Again it uh, gives some branches. Yeah. So like this you can make two or three times uh, harvesting. Yeah. Salads here. And this is the broader beans. And this is the known popular one, non -popular. potato. <laughs> potato. Potato. Yeah. That's nice. Is it, what is your background? So you are biologist. So have you been making many gardens before? And so um, I'm a, a scientist. Well, I was a scientist, uh, and uh, my studies were biology. And I uh, focused on on plants, but it was all molecular biology. Uh, so it's more my innate uh, happiness with being outside and pottering around with plants and so on that actually got me uh, into getting a garden in uh, in Germany while I was also having a an apartment there. Uh, and at that time I was also interested in inquiry-based uh, science education for children. Uh, and when we had to move to Denmark, I wanted to do something with teaching children in a very easy way about nature and 
growing vegetables and being outside. Um, so that all came together in, in this project. Uh, and the parents came along in the project. Yeah. But I could really see that uh, also for the parents, it was very important to meet up with new people, especially for the people from the university. I could see that it was important. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, I know about this because I when we moved to Germany, it was also difficult to get a new social network again. And it takes time and energy and you have to spend time and energy on uh, speaking a different language and understanding a different language. But this sense of belonging somewhere, this, this feeling like this is also my home, I think that was actually stimulated a lot by doing this gardening. It's like, this is our place. This is a place where we feel we can do what we want and meet up with um, other uh, people. And, uh, yeah. yeah. I think the sense of belonging uh, was an important part for me for, for this project. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's nice. Also, it's when you can dig in the dirt and, and plant the seed and see it goes. It gives a homey feeling somehow also. Yeah. yeah, and back to I know that some kids in the beginning were like, ooh, dirt, no, <laughs> animals, no. <laughs> and in the end, they were just happily <laughs> digging around and doing stuff uh, in the garden. So it's nice to see children uh, appreciating the outdoor life and appreciating uh, food and trying different types of food. And you know, what they say, uh, um, you can only try to preserve something if you appreciate it so i think uh, getting kids outside and away from the computer and helping mm -hmm. them to be outdoors and appreciating what is happening outdoors uh, can help a lot in making a new generation aware of the fact that we need to preserve our world our biodiversity and be careful with food that we don't overproduce and we don't waste too much Yeah, and there are a lot of people that uh, actually uh, mentioned to me uh, during the gardening that they now realize what kind of effort it takes to produce food and that they were actually being more careful with throwing away food. Uh, so I, I was happy about that aspect. But I was yeah. also, of course, very happy with all the children running around and coming to me with like, what kind of bug is this? Is yeah. this something alive? No, no, this is a piece of a plant. <laughs> <laughs> a tree house. Like a tree house for the It's bees, like yeah. A tree house. And in yeah. front is a plexiglass, so we can see the bees inside. And if you open it, it all comes yeah. out. And there's oh, lots of bees uh, building houses. Houses. And feeding their larvae, maybe feeding their babies. And then, and then on the on the uh, behind it, there's a tunnel. Oh, really scary bees. Do you think they're scary? No, no. just a little. Just a little. They're a little scary, but behind the glass, it's like okay. They're really good to make them honey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, they're working hard. Yeah. They're really working hard. Yeah. So on, on different levels, uh, for different reasons, it was a very satisfying uh, project uh, for me to set up. And actually, I have to say, even though it maybe started with me, I think it's a community effort. 
because without all the people participating in it and all the people helping and giving me um, uh, reasons to contact somebody new uh, and opening up their networks for me, it wouldn't have been possible. And I think the 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 primary thanks should go to Thomas Heudel, who uh, actually gave me permission to start using the garden. What I like most of the idea of uh, International Garden is this community of activity which brings people together. I really love that idea and uh, I find it so good that Susan came with that idea. The school garden have been here since uh, 1956 and uh, I've been here for 16 years and uh, they start with, uh, with kids uh, coming after school and have their own garden and it's been uh, like that for all the time, all since uh, 1956. Actually, it's a more than 100-year tradition in, uh, in Odense that allow kids to grow their own vegetables after school. And uh, that's the culture I've uh, continued with. And if uh, things go good, it's always uh, fun to uh, try something new. So first I try to uh, teach the kids uh, in school times. They come here and uh, I teach them to grow the vegetables and how to cook their homegrown vegetables. And then some years ago, Susan came to me and told me about the international community in Odense. And she was interested in garden and we quickly uh, find a good communication and started the international garden. Yeah, so how did it uh, start? Like what? what? did you need in order to get started for the international garden? Um, actually, it was most Susan who did the job. I was only helping her with advice and the, the soil and the seeds and uh, the tools to make the garden and give her advice. Yeah. Um, what kind of advice did you give her? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fun when we have people from all over the world. There's some uh, people from India, they've been from South Africa, uh, America, uh, Italy, Romania. And those vegetables, they grow in another temperature and then in another culture. Yeah. They're different from Denmark and it's also different how they grow them because of another temperature. So uh, it's more than an advice what is possible to grow here yeah. in Denmark. It's raining. <laughs> so we go to the greenhouse? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> So this is like a typical day in the garden and then like it starts raining. <laughs> yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if we want, we can use these leaves, but maybe we are going to take out next week or this week. I think today is a harvesting day for us. A lot of fenugreek and uh, and the spinach over there, ah. the bigger leaves. <laughs> and you have, so you have to eat them quite quickly after you harvest. Yeah, I mean in two days, but but it's more actually for now. Maybe I'll distribute to my friends, yeah. and also you can take some. <laughs> <laughs> Try something. Would love some. Yeah, yeah. So which one you like? Coriander, fenugreek, salad. salad, you like salad? Mm -hmm. <laughs>
and carrots. Carrots is nice. Carrots, you need to wait. Yeah. And when you take them up, so is there a technique, or you should take some with? Yeah, I mean fenugreek. When you take out, uh, it should be from the bottom. Yeah. It should be from the bottom, like how how she is taking. Can completely I? from the root. From the root. Yeah. Yeah, so then they are finished. And then so it's done actually. Yeah, plant. we can plant uh, the French beans. Yeah. That is my plan. So, so that's it for those. Can you put my cat put them in the freezer? Yes. Yes. Yeah? So you we can we can chop uh, up to up to here. Yeah. Because after that it's it'll be harder. <gasps> so you cannot eat. Okay. Then chop and put it in the freezer. Up to one month we can use. Do you also uh, dry it? Some? You can dry yeah, we make a paste and put it in the the bread. The Indian Indian roti. Oh, we call it as Indian nice. Indian paratha. And that we can put this uh, and make a bread. And that's very nice. Very nice. Yeah, also with uh, the tur dal and the, the, I mean the lentils. Lentils and this you mix it and make a soup. Okay. That's very nice. Very nice. Well, yeah. you have that soup today when you have yeah. it. <laughs> Just a <laughs> little bit of uh, lentils and a uh, chop of this uh, uh, green uh, leaves. Boil it. Yeah. According to your taste, uh, put a little bit pepper and uh, salt. Nice. Uh, yeah, garlic also, right? Yeah. Garlic. Boil it, uh, then it will be like a soup. Yeah. And then it's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Does it taste uh, like home when you boil that? Yeah, yeah, make that soup? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She, she prepares very nice soup. <laughs> and also sometimes we put this tamarind uh, and also tomato. tomato. Taste, yeah. And uh, how much of it uh, do you need to make a soup? One person maybe this much? Eight, uh, yeah, eight plants. Eight plants? Yeah. yeah. Not all of it, but maybe you can chop it out. Only the good edible part you can eat it. Yeah, so the bottom part is a little bit too hard. Too hard. Yeah. I mean, we are a bit late in harvesting this time. So, so from here, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Very nice. So nice. Yeah. Hope you like it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> how how many uh, hours do you spend here? We we come. Um, once in two weeks and we are every time start at 10 o'clock up to 12 then after 12 o'clock we all meet at that 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 location where we prepare some tea and uh, coffee and some biscuits and talk about uh, places family what we have done all the weeks so 15 minutes talking and drinking some coffee and tea and two hours Hard work Hard in the work. in the garden. <laughs> so fifteen minutes of pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a really big pleasure, I think, to have this kind of garden. Yeah, it? and it's good that SDU is doing for um, all the international family. Yeah. So they give these small plots, but it's, it's more enough for us. Yeah. Children can uh, know how vegetables are grown and how hard it is to grow and. Uh, yeah, and when it comes uh, for a harvesting, they they love it, and they know from which place they they did all the effort, kind of things. Yeah, they see. I did that, and I love yeah. it. I eat it, and it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Very nice.
And how, lo sure. how long you stayed in Denmark? Yeah. Uh, I finished now seventh year. This is my eighth, eighth year going to start now. So, and uh, gardening we are doing with Abigail and Ilaria, I think this is my fourth year, I think. Yeah. yeah. How did you hear about this international garden? Uh, I am in contact with this international community of Odense and uh, through Facebook I connected. Uh, and also in the beginning, my daughter, uh, she used to come here from the school side and they also do some kind of harvesting yeah. uh, around four or five years back. And that time I come to know um, here we can use a piece of land and uh, whatever we like, we can grow it here and meet with the international community, spend some time, know each other. So that is how we started. It's nice. It's nice, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. To attract people to this project, we, uh, me and the other ambassadors and all the other people that helped me think about this project, uh, thought also about uh, some big events to attract people to the garden. And I'm a big fan of enjoying the seasons outside. Uh, so something that would be in spring, an event and a uh, summer event and an autumn event and then yeah what what would be nice so i decided it would be really great to see the the school garden in spring when all the lovely flowers are coming up and no vegetables yet maybe growing but the garden looks really pretty already to hide easter eggs there and have an easter egg hunt yeah and to let this be a start uh, of this gardening season and then uh, in summer having a summer potluck picnic to enjoy the fruits of our labor yeah. <laughs> fresh from mm -hmm. from the from the gardens uh, and enjoying the the great atmosphere in the garden with a lot of flowers and nice activities and then in autumn finishing up the season with all the the vegetables uh, and also the apples uh, from from the apple trees and having a Halloween cooking event. And I really still have very fond memories of enjoying the garden uh, while it's getting dark. Mm. And it's also a bit, you know, eerie uh, for the kids to be outside in the garden in the dark. And yeah. we made flatbread or pizzas and pumpkin uh, soup. And uh, one of my favorites still mm. is uh, Dracula's morning juice from red beets, apple, lemon ginger root and if you want a little bit of chili and just making that during this Halloween cooking event and yeah. getting these bloody red hands mm. from the red beet cuttings <laughs> that sounds cool it's just perfect you know? perfect it's the yearly Halloween party in the international garden Families in Odense meet up in the school garden with homemade food from their home countries to share. The pumpkin soup is boiling in the outdoor kitchen, and by a campfire, children and grown-ups are baking twist breads. Julia Fink from the International Community Odense and Annika Jarl from the University of Southern Denmark's International Staff Office are also here, helping with the event. Yes! Um I'm working at SDU in the Human Resource Department in the unit called International Staff Office. 
and uh, we are partly organizing this um, international garden due to the fact that we have a lot of families coming in with our uh, researchers. Uh, we recruit approximately 200 international researchers each year. So it's a lot of people coming and we wanted to be able to offer the families something as well to do. Many of them live in apartments without garden or opportunities to grow things. So that's why we do it. Yeah, so I work for International Community Odense. We're part of uh, City of Odense. Um, and basically, we're here to help international employees uh, settle well. Uh, so, uh, employees who move to Odense with or without a family uh, to work in one of the local companies or at the university. Um, and in order to make sure that the internationals, uh, they thrive in our city, then we organize a lot of social events throughout the year. And uh, then we also engaged in this uh, wonderful project where we have a group of volunteers who's uh, doing gardening activities on a monthly basis um, out here in the International Garden. So from the very beginning we were interested in supporting the initiative because we think it's a great opportunity to come together, learn something about how to grow your own vegetables and so on. Uh, and then socializing at the same time with other international families. Yeah, yeah and it's a project that has uh, started many years ago uh, with Susan. And yeah. Susan left, but still it's going, yes. uh, it's going on. Yeah. yeah, thanks to our wonderful volunteers who's yeah. running the project. Yeah. So people just love to come here. Yeah, yeah. usually there's a, a very big interest. Yeah. Um, also, it's a lovely place. Uh, lots of people, even the locals, they don't know about this place. But as far as I know, it's it's been a school garden for 60 years or so, um, and it's it's just a, a wonderful garden in the basically in the city center. So it's a great place to have events. Yeah. And if uh, somebody would like to uh, join, how can they join the garden? Well, then they should contact uh, Abigail, our um, volunteer project manager, and and ask for a spot. Um, because we have this initiative called Saturday Gardening, where there's a group of people going every second Saturday uh, to take care of their own little plot, their own garden out here. But then occasionally we organize these bigger family events. Uh, usually it's a, a Halloween event like the one today, and also an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. And sometimes some are picnic, depending on on the weather and the time that we have. So, yeah. but it, in general, Often it will be able to get a spot for the Saturday gardening and that's also the initiative that is very good. That's not for us to be a part of um, as SDU and the international community, but that's all run by the volunteers. Mm -hmm. But then we have these like two or three big events during the year where we support it on financially and also participating and helping out with, with all the practical issues about it. Do you, you think you will continue supporting the project? Will it be possible for many years to come? Yes, definitely, yeah. yeah. Also because, again, it's quite many people who actually like to, to come and join. And it's an easy way for us to have a huge family event and a very low cost. Um, so so it would definitely be something that we, from SDU anyway, <laughs> would like to continue to support. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. As long as we have volunteers uh, who's engaged in organizing the events and uh, 
bringing together the families and making sure there's seeds for everyone and <laughs> soil and so. Um, yeah. And uh, in order to participate in these uh, events we do out here, uh, all of our events are announced on Facebook and also in the newsletter of International Community and uh, the International Staff Office of the University. So uh, yeah, and they're open for everyone. Everyone can sign up. Great. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any advice to international spouses to come here uh, in general? Because this project started from a spouse. So. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, my best advice would be to be proactive. Um, reach out, uh, talk with people, try to establish a local network, um, maybe based on your passion. Like this is an example of a spouse who really had a passion for uh, biodiversity, sustainability, gardening and so. And then she managed to create a network, get to know some people who were also passionate about this by doing a lot of volunteer things. This was just one of her many volunteer projects. Um, so I know when moving here as an accompanying partner, it can be challenging to, to get to know people and find something to do. But if you're very outgoing and proactive and willing to do a lot of things on a volunteer basis, I think it's actually possible to to establish a network and, and find some very interesting opportunities here in Olsa. Thank you. <laughs> and this also, this kind of network is also where they meet up and become friends because they spend every second Saturday together. So it's easy to see that they really enjoy each other's company and so it's also a way to get connected with with other people and I think that uh, cooking together and stuff always bring people together somehow no so yeah so if you're passionate about yeah biodiversity and gardening it's definitely one of the networks that is good to join okay thank you so <laughs> yeah. much you're welcome <laughs> I've really felt very welcome uh, in Odense with all these different uh, organizations and different uh, people and they really gave you the the platform they gave me the platform for uh, trying out ideas and I think that's wonderful yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the hardest part was uh, trying to see if it would be um, possible for me to do as more than a volunteer mm. and that that's it, it stayed more as a volunteer project, but I must say I was very happy with the financial support from International Community Owners and uh, SDU International Club and also the BUPL uh, Solidarity and Cultural Fund. Yeah. Um, so it didn't cost me any money, it just cost me time, energy and a little bit of love. Yes. <laughs> so did you? how did you get all this funding? Did you write applications yes. or how did I uh, applied to all kinds of funding I also went to uh, Kommune meetings to um, see whether there was special funds available and uh, lots of times I locked out because uh, yeah it was a not big enough project or a marginal group um, so it was actually kind of hard to find funding outside uh, the funding from Skolheven Velen International Community Owners and uh, the, the university Do you have any, any advice to other accompanying spouses if they have project ideas or something they would like to carry out 
Yeah. Uh, try to see who in your network might be able to give you access to the places where you uh, want to try something. And first maybe try something as a volunteer just to get a foot in the door. And then see if there is a job uh, uh, that you can have or not, or if you can get some financing. And I think in my case, the help from the university, from Annika Jal, and the help from Julie Fink, from the International Community Owns, was really priceless. They opened up doors for me uh, that I might not even have known that they were there. So do a lot of networking and just broaden your horizon. And then if you have an idea, I think you can make it into a project. The question becomes, of course, whether or not it's a paid project, but that doesn't matter always. Sometimes it's just about having an idea in your head and making it real in real life. Yeah. And having fun with it. That's fantastic, I think. Thank you so much. And I, I think it's amazing because it's all it's still alive, your project. <laughs> so, yeah, as somebody said, uh, one, of the, um, one of the ambassadors from my group said, uh, you left behind the footprint, yeah. but it's a good footprint. It's a green footprint. Very nice. Thank you so much for this interview and for taking Very part in the podcast. Do you think it's going to keep on happening, this international time? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. But uh, of course, it, uh, it needs uh, people with, uh, with energy and uh, uh, who want to, to, to go to the garden with their families, the, mm. have their kids and meet other, other people. Uh, it's mostly expats, uh, but there's been some uh, Danish families as well. Okay, so yeah, that's a nice way to get to know Danish people, also if you're expert here. Yeah, it is. In today's episode, you have met Susanne Urbanus, Abigail Martin, Thomas Hudel, Annika Jarl, Julia Fink, and international families in the International Garden in Odense. This is the Expert Life in Odense podcast series, and my name is Kjersti Øvland. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.